It's time now for Bible Talk. Join our hosts, Gary Gibbs and John Bradshaw, speakers for the Amazing Facts Ministry, as they now open the Bible and discuss themes that affect your life today. Stay tuned, because the next 15 minutes will deepen your understanding of God's Word. Hi, friend, and welcome to Bible Talk. I'm John Bradshaw. With me is Gary Gibbs, and we've got another great program today. Good to have you with us. Hi, Gary. Thank you, John. It is good to be here. And our program is one that most Christians think about, hear preached about, especially concerning the last days. What is the role of Israel in the last days? What a huge subject. You go into any Christian bookstore, books about Israel, books about the Jews returning to their homeland. Uh, Bible prophecy is taught by many to kind of come to a head with Israel. In fact, you you just turn on the news. Don't even look at the Bible. Turn on the news. All eyes are really on Israel, and it is such an important, integral part of of world politics right now. And people say, well, such a tiny little place, it has to have some biblical significance. Well, there's no question Israel has and has had tremendous biblical significance. God raised up the nation of Israel basically to be his church. And I think if we understand that, that will provide a good basis for us going forward as we talk about this. God called Abraham and and so forth. Eventually, the nation of Israel settled on that little patch of earth there in the Middle East. It was at the crossroads of the ancient world. Mm -hmm. It was designed to be a place that if you were going from A to C, you had to go through B, Israel, and see the blessing of God, and you would be drawn to God and want to be a follower of Israel's God. So, John, let's get a little background for Israel. You're leading us down that path. When did the nation of Israel find its first existence? Well, God called Abraham. Uh, Abraham gave birth to Isaac. Isaac, well, wait a minute. Abraham didn't actually give birth to anybody, really, did he? (laughs) Wow, that's a miracle you never read about in the Bible. It was a miracle enough of what happened, because how old was he when he and Sarah Gave birth. <laughs> well, here's a man who's about 100 years old. His, his wife is, well, she's 90. She's 90. She has a baby. Okay, well, Abraham gave rise to Isaac. He, well, anyway, you know what happened. There was Abraham. He had a son. His name was Isaac. And then Isaac had two boys, Jacob and Esau. And Jacob, now, something interesting about this. When you name your children, well, back then, when they named their children, they gave them names that meant something and generally reflected their character. Mm-hmm. Now, when you name your children, uh, are you thinking of the meaning of the name? Let me ask you, do you? I definitely did. In fact, uh, my wife is getting ready to have our second child, and we're thinking about the meaning. And our first child, we named uh, Carissa Nicole. Carissa is based on the Greek word for grace that's used in the New Testament. Was that right? Charis means God's grace. Well, sure. And Nicole is based on the word Nike or Nikonis, which means victory a victorious person. So her name means a victorious person by God's grace. Well, my little girl's middle name is based on the word grace as well. It's grace. Well, (laughs) it definitely is based on that word. Yeah, right. But now my boy, his name is Jacob. Now, I'm going to tell you, when we were were naming Jacob boy, we wrestled with this a little bit. Does Jacob mean something like fat cow or something? No, no, it it, it doesn't. Well, we we tell Jacob his name means good boy who puts his toys away. That's what he thinks it means. (laughs) Does it work? Well, I mean, not bad. But the fact of the matter is the name Jacob means a supplanter or a fraudster or a cheat or a crook. A deceiver. Yeah, deceiver. Now, truthfully, we wrestled with that a little bit, but we just decided Jacob's such a nice name. 
and nobody else out there is named Jacob. We name our kid Jacob, and every kid on the block is named Jacob, you know. But anyway, when Jacob received his name, it was kind of prophetic of the sort of life that he would live afterwards. Because he deceived his father into getting the blessing from his brother. That's right. He deceived his dad. His mother was complicit in the deception. Mm -hmm. He deceived his brother. And Jacob was a pretty fitting name for him. But then, Jacob one night wrestled with God in prayer and in repentance. And God changed his name from Jacob to Israel, which means a prince of God, somebody who has wrestled with God and has overcome. Jacob overcame, you see. Israel was then the name of Jacob's descendants. It, it became the national name. God mm -hmm. in Exodus 4 referred to mm -hmm. his people as Israel. Israel meaning those who overcome through the grace of God. Okay, so this is how Israel was born. It actually dates back to Jacob and the change of his name signifying the change in his life, change in his heart that he's converted now. So that is God's nation. Those are God's people. And they have been blessed by God. You look through the years, but, you know, you do stopping and you say, boy, if they've been so blessed by God, why are they such a war-torn country and oh, have sure. been for millennia now? Yeah, that's so true. You come down to today and you say, Israel. Who is God's Israel today? Because all the prophecies seem to point to Jerusalem, at least in the hands or in the mouths of today's uh, well-known prophecy commentators. It sure does. And John, I just want to turn our attention and ask you about this. As you go back to Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 2, it says that the Antichrist will sit in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God and receiving worship as though he is God. So doesn't that mean that Israel will be the focal point in the last days, that the Antichrist is going to go back to Jerusalem and take charge of the temple mount there and sit on the throne and set up his false worship? Gary, let me try to share a, a, a prophetic, a, a principle of prophetic interpretation. I don't mean to be complex here, uh, but when you look at Israel in the Old Testament, you're mm -hmm. dealing with a literal nation mm -hmm. in a local place. When you get over in the New Testament, and specifically in the book of Revelation, you're looking at things that are not literal and they're not local. They're spiritual and they are worldwide. God made... Wait, wait, wait a minute. He's talking about Israel. He's talking about the temple. Well, how can you say that? You're just, you're saying, I can't believe what I'm reading here? I'm saying you need to interpret very carefully and very biblically the things that you're reading. Well, can't you just take what you're reading at face value? Yes, you can take it at face value, but your face value is going to be ref uh, going to shine through the lens of the Word of God. It's not hard to discern this. Romans chapter 2 says in verse 28, he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. Neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. Circumcision is that of the heart and the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. God's Jews today, according to what we just read. And mm -hmm. Gary, can we take that at face value? We can. These are people who are Jews on the inside. Uh, Galatians chapter 3. There is neither Jew nor Greek, neither bond nor free, neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So those people who today are the descendants of Abraham are people who belong to Jesus. Let me so, give you another so, text. Okay, go ahead. Here it is in Romans 9 and verse 6. Not as though the word of God had taken none effect, for they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. Now, that sounds like a contradiction in terms, but Paul is mm -hmm. saying 
that not everyone from Israel is really a Jew. Because a, they're a, a spiritual Jew, a, spiritual a converted Jew. person. That's absolutely right. Because God's true Israel today are those people who belong to Jesus Christ. It's said that if you belong to Jesus, mm-hmm. that makes you a descendant of Abraham. So you can be living in northern Georgia. You could be living in South Carolina. You could be living in Alaska. You could be living any way you like. And if you belong to Jesus, then spiritually in the eyes of God, you are one of his chosen people. You're a Jew. You're one of Israel. Now, does that mean the the Jews over in literal Israel are not Israel? Well, it might mean According that. to the Bible. According to the Bible, it might mean that. Irrespective of your ethnicity, if you want to be a true Jew in the eyes of God today, you are to belong to Jesus Christ. Now, you can live in Tel Aviv, you can live in Haifa, you can live in Jerusalem and belong to Jesus and be a converted Christian person. That would make you a spiritual Jew. No brownie points are awarded for your ethnicity now. It's for what you are spiritually. So you can live even on the West Bank if you belong to Christ. That makes you truly a true Jew, thoroughly and completely. And these are the Jews that God is referring to as his Israel in the last days. When you read Galatians 3.29, that last ver- uh, phrase there says, If you be Christ, then you are ye Abraham's seed right. and heirs according to the promise. Sure. Now, what I've heard preach, and, and I believe this uh, at one time, I have to add, is that the prom- all the promises made to Israel in the Old Testament have to be fulfilled to literal Israel. Oh, and then that's what we're looking for, because the Bible says God is going to take Israel, make a great nation of them. He's going to restore them to their land. You know, there's all those Old Testament promises about restoring them to their land. Didn't he in May 1948 restore Israel to the land? Well, and isn't he in the process of fulfilling all these promises? Now, you're telling us real Israel, according to the New Testament, is anybody, Jew or Gentile, who's a believer in Jesus Christ, and in Galatians 3.29, they are the ones who are heirs according to the promise. Which promises is he talking about? All those that were made for literal Israel in the Old Testament? God made many wonderful promises to literal Israel in the Old Testament. But these promises were conditional upon Israel's obedience to God. You want me to read something in the Bible to you that makes that very clear? Let's do that. In Exodus chapter, oh man, am I glad you brought this up because I got another verse the Lord has just brought to my mind. Get ready now. Exodus 19 to begin with, (laughs) verse 3, Moses went up to God, the Lord called to him out of the mountain, and he said, thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. Now, therefore... Now, are you ready for this? I'm ready. One of the most important words in the English language when it comes to this whole question of Israel in the last days. Now, therefore, if... Pardon my excitement, but what was that word I just read? If. Okay, it was if. Now, therefore, if you will if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you will be a peculiar treasure to me above all my people, for all the earth is mine. You'll be to me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. Isn't that something? God said, you will receive these blessings if you obey me. Now, don't accuse me of anti-Semitism. That would be foolishness. But the truth of the matter is that Israel, literal Israel, did not obey God, and therefore these promises could not be fulfilled in them. And I now want to read this other verse that I got so exercised about. 
First Peter chapter two mm-hmm. and verse. Hmm, let me find this right here. Here it is. Here it is. Verse nine. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Peter is quoting Moses. Mm-hmm. What Moses said to Israel, Peter is saying to the Christian church. Mm-hmm. So those promises made to Israel were conditional upon their obedience. So the all those promises are for whoever is a believer today. Because God transfers them to whoever is Abraham's seed, the believer. Quite correct. God could not fulfill all those promises and pour out his blessing on the nation of Israel because they separated themselves from the conditions of receiving those blessings. Well, John, that just opens a can of worms. In our next program, we have to go into this because I have heard many people say literal Israel has a central role in last day prophecy. We need to look at this again. Hold on to your hat. Tighten your seatbelt. This is going to be a lot of fun as we continue to study this very important subject. We're out of time. Oh, friend, thanks for being with us today. Join us again next time for more on this subject here on Bible Talk. If you'd like more information on what we've been studying today, we have a comprehensive Bible study guide we'd love to share with you that's absolutely free. This study includes many of the texts we've just discussed and expands on the subject, including information you'll want to know. To receive this free informative Bible study guide, simply call, write, or email and ask for BT103. Is there anything left you can trust? The toll-free number is 866-BIBLE-SAYS. That's 866-242-5372. You can write to us at Bible Talk, P.O. Box 1058, Roseville, California, 95678 or email us at BibleTalk at LifeTalk.net. Bible Talk has been produced in association with Amazing Facts in the studios of LifeTalk Radio.